It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Dragons game. That's going to be over in Wales on Friday evening on the line tonight. I've got Dave Finn. Good evening, everyone. And William Davis. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Dave. So, William, we, we, we had a interesting character on the press conference today that we haven't, I don't think we've ever spoken to him before. Um, tell us who it was. Yeah, we would uh, Shane Delahunt and Andy Friend remotely from the uh, other training base in uh, Kappa Park. So it was a slightly different feel to the press conference today. And uh, yeah, it was very enjoyable, actually, because Shane Delahunt just brought a refreshing honesty and a slightly different perspective. Uh, so let's have a listen to both of them. How's the... How's the mood in the camp around a, <clears throat> a game that probably probably is must win in terms of actually just getting a result? You've had a couple of close calls recently where you just didn't quite get the job done. I think the mood's good. Like um, obviously the weather's not good, which is you could do a better weather to train in, but sure, that's part and parcel of here, lads. But you know yourself. Uh, I think the mood is good. Yeah, and it's, you're right. It probably is the must win if we have any. Aspirations going forward, like um, you know, it's our consistency has probably been a problem over the last few weeks, been ups, ups and downs, and probably consistency within games as well. We've been really good in parts, and probably a few minutes here and there where we've knocked off probably affected us massively regarding getting a result. So I think the mood is still quite good, though. I think we're looking forward to this weekend. Week off last week, I think we'll be happy to get going. And um- is the fact that it's away and it's a trip, and I know it's a very short trip, but at least it's something a bit different because we're all living in Groundhog Day where we do the same thing every day. So you're actually getting to get on a plane and do something very different. Yeah, it, is, it is a bit different, sure. Like playing away isn't really playing the same as playing at home at the moment. Like there's no crowd there. It's probably something we're missing massively here to give us that extra bit of buzz towards the end of games and you know after, you know running out in front of a crowd doesn't make a massive difference here um, but it's exciting to go away because obviously they're in the same circumstance and as you know Rodney Parade is not the easiest place to go fans wise in every way over the years it's, it's not an easy place to play you'd rather play anywhere else but I think it's just uh, I think it's exciting for this weekend yeah it's not an easy place to commentate either. You're sitting in the middle of them. They're, no. quite, they're quite opinionated. Um, looking at the results as well on the away games, you've had some blowout wins um, all through the season. I'm thinking Edinburgh, Zebra, Leinster, where you've really turned it on and, and got the game plan moving. Is there slight concern that when it comes to the really tight arm wrestle type games that just... Have you identified as as a unit something that's missing there that you have to work on? Yeah, it's probably a small bit of composure sometimes, um, just to make the right decision at the right time. See, it happens when you when you have a young squad and a young group of players. I think we are, we're all learning at the same time, and we're all learning together. So, I think that's something we have worked on. Something we spoke about small bits here and there, like because it probably is those little decisions that are affecting us at the end of games here and there. Like they're not massive, like but I think. For us to to get get wins, I think they're they're something we need to uh, focus on and address, probably. And do you think is it something that if you if you did it once or twice, it it would become more the normal thing? It, it's almost like you're nearly nearly at the top of Everest, but you haven't quite 
got the last 100 metres. That's it. Like It's probably a habit. Um, we're trying to build habits the whole time here. Um, but it probably is like that. Like You look at our, our games in the last while, there have been one one bit score games like in, where we've been in it for that last last few minutes. Like We've been in the game the last five or six minutes to go and it probably is that time to close it out that we need to learn to do better probably. And is that actually a harder defeat to take than actually coming off the pitch and them going, well, actually, they just were way better today? Or... Sometimes it is, but then you just, you're on your way home, you're thinking, Jesus, we should have won that game. Like, and it's, it's four or five points going down the drain that we can't get back. And you're probably thinking, like, we've done everything we can to put ourselves in a position to win. We just haven't taken it. So. And also, I mean, no, no loss is easy. I, I hate losing that. Um, I'm also interested. In the hooking position, when when you come off the bench, ninety seconds in, you're handed this vital line out to throw into. Does that is that something you you have to work towards? Is that a different mindset that that's a real individual part of a team game? Uh, it is, yeah, but like that's our job as well. You know, it's no different than the goal kicker, or no different than scrum half having to pass the ball. It's, it's part of our job. That's why we get paid millions. <laughs> Really? Maybe we'll talk about that another time. Uh, Friday night, as you say, difficult place to go, but no, no crowd. What's the key thing for Connacht to get the result? We just need to, it's all about our process, um, whether it be defence or attack, just just build our way into the game. Like We don't need to, I presume the weather's not going to be great and the pitch is going to be poorish. Like It's it's just about building our way into the game and not flash or or out of system, or out of structure, I suppose. Just just do what we're good at. Um, find a space where we can, and defensively bar up, because these are the good attacking threats, Jamie Roberts, Sam Davis, they're, they're good at tracking, attacking threats, so we need to be well on our game from minute one to, to, to bar up. Like. Good morning, Andy. Uh, something slightly different. You're joining us from uh, Kappa Park, so I'll start by asking, why aren't you in the sports ground training today? Uh, yeah, we are at Kappa Park, William. We, we've um, we've been training out here every other, or pretty much once a week. Uh, it's an artificial surface, and we've just had, as you know, a lot of rain, uh, and the ground's been getting fairly cut up. So we trained there on Sunday and Monday, but our main session here today, we decided to come out here. Um, so we're on the soccer pitch at Kappa, which is uh, hard and fast. Are you expecting to find that in Rodney Parade on Friday evening? No, well, actually not. This is the this is a bizarre thing. But the other part of it was trying to protect our field as well. So, um, yeah, the bottom field for us at the moment, uh, we had the academy train on that yesterday. It was pretty heavy. And then the top field, it's had a fair bit of wear and tear. Again, just cut up fairly badly with us on it Sunday, Monday. So, uh, And we actually said that. We said, well, we are probably going to get more of that at Rodney Parade on Friday night. However... Um, a little bit of protection for the field and to, to ease the pains of our groundsmen who work tirelessly there, as well as just to give us a, a bit of a different run out here, which is a bit quicker here. But um, uh, yeah, we've decided to come here, mate. Just looking ahead to uh, to Friday, it looks a very winnable game for Connacht. The, the Dragons aren't flying, but would it be easier if you'd been putting away these tight matches? You you tend to win games either quite spectacularly, or but when it comes to a bit of an arm wrestle game, you're just coming out on the wrong side of those. Yeah, we haven't uh, we we haven't found our right formula yet, formula yet. 
as you say, we've, you know, we, we certainly, we've, we've been there or thereabouts for the ones we've lost and when we've won, we've won quite handsomely. So, um, and it's hard to, it's hard to try and predict what this one's going to be. What we do know is that, uh, you know, the Dragons have probably been not too dissimilar to us. They've had a fairly stop-starty sort of a season. Um, we've had success there last year. Uh, so we're looking forward to going over there. I do believe that um, they're a team that, that I think we can beat. At the same time, if we don't turn up with our right game of football, they've got enough in their armoury to make life very tricky for us. So it's certainly a game where we're intending to go over there and picking up points. And we know we've got to do that to, to stay alive in our conference, which, uh, which, is, which is still a target for us. Yeah, it's getting, I mean, Munster are, are well clear and are probably having snuck that win in Benetton over the horizon. But you've got yourselves, uh, Scarlet's Cardiff and Edinburgh. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to get tight for those second and third positions and a win on Friday would, would set you up for the final five games. Yeah, definitely, mate. And as we also know, you know, we, we haven't had too many wins in the last six, seven games. So um, it's important that we get back to winning ways. And, you know, we, winning brings breeds winning as well. So that's that's what our intentions are. And as you say, it does set us up then for those final five games. And have you, can, have you, is there any further identification of where the problems are? Have you, as you keep digging and these situations keep arising, are you are you getting a better picture of what you have to fix? Yeah, we we've. Um, well, I think every 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 situation that we've had has been slightly different. Again, um, uh, you know, if you think to the Munster performance or, or the, the 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 tail end of that game, um, I felt like we resolved that in the Ospreys performance because just before half time. We had a very similar situation and we scored from it. What we didn't do uh, was then manage the early part of that half and we allowed a, a, a good Osprey side to build up confidence, momentum, belief, get back to 15 men and they swamped us. So, um, listen, it's yeah, th- there are, are a few things for us to continue to work on. What I've been really pleased with, William, is that predominantly a lot of it player-led anyway. Uh, the players have been having the conversations which we've been encouraging and, and challenging each other on the way they're doing things um, uh, in terms of decision-making out there and their mindsets when they get out there. Us as a group of coaches, we're looking at ourselves and saying, are we delivering the right messages uh, in the week? Are we, are we delivering the right game plan? So there's a, you know, it's between ourselves and the players as one team, we are looking at, at always trying to be better. And, and you know, that, that's a never-ending never ending process mate I don't believe you ever get the perfect you know we actually talked about that at the front of this week too we've got to have this relentless pursuit of excellence which you'll never get there but as long as every day you're trying to get better and you, every performance you're trying to make it better um, then you're heading the right direction which is, which is the way we're going at the minute and are you hearing anything from um, the Connacht guys in the Ireland camp how, how, how's that going for them I mean, it's, uh, it's a big weekend for them as well haven't heard anything, mate. Uh, have 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 not heard a bean from them. Um, they'll be busy. We're busy. Uh, you know, I am keen to watch those games. I'm keen to see what team is selected. As you know, we got the four men up there, and um, we'll see. Um, we'll see which way that goes. 
Yes, Dave, you, you managed to get some colourful language out of Shane there, which I've, I've had to edit. <laughs> um, there's something about sportsmen from Offaly. Um, there's a, there's a, there appears, I know the latest Lake Regale is going to involve Donny Pilkington, who seems to be cut from the same cloth. They take it seriously for the time they're on the pitch, but immediately, once the game is over, it would appear there's other things that are priorities in life. And I think Shane is, a, Shane is different because... He's a little, he's a very professional rugby player, but it's not all there is in his life. Um, there, there was, I mean, he, he's clearly, he's got land. He's a, he's a, got, he's a farmer up in Offaly as well. He lives at home. So he has, he's a slightly different perspective on, on the whole professional sports genre, as it were. He, he's, he's, he, he's in the bubble as we define it for COVID, but he's outside the bubble is how we describe it for rugby. And he, he brings a refreshing, relaxed honesty to things. He was, he's very chilled. He obviously, as soon as he gets on the pitch, he's 110% focused, but it was nice to see someone for whom, yeah, it's important, but it's not the be all and end all. Absolutely. I get the impression, William, that um, he's liked by the squad that he's 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 this character that sort of you know brings a whole new world to the to the rest of the squad because they 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 ended up doing a team building exercise up in in his farm there's some great photos on on the info site you know where he's obviously very proud of what he's doing and and i think you know one of the reasons he does travel up and down is that he's afraid of losing the farm to the brother um (laughs) it's the impression that's that's certainly given that the dad's still there but you know, there's two brothers and he doesn't want to give them any any scope for possibly losing out on that farm, but certainly a character. But I would say if he wasn't good at rugby, he wouldn't be here because you don't get to play elite level professional rugby unless you're uh, well able to play it. Uh, but it, it is interesting and, and it's probably very important to have people like that around your organisation. I think they, you know, he acknowledged... Andy Friend acknowledged they have to they gotta start winning some games. It's it's you know it's a winner's takes all in this business. And um they need they need to get back to finding a way to particularly that I think the tight games. It's mm. pretty obvious they can win these blowout games pretty well because they get their game plan away and they, they really get into the flow of the game. But they seem to struggle when it gets a bit of an arm wrestle or you have to get down to the last few minutes where you have to make the right decisions and They've accepted they haven't made them. So Friday night now is about putting those the lessons that they've learned from those defeats and making sure they get the right result in Rodney Parade. Yeah, yeah. And and Dave, you, you just wonder, are we going to see another away victory for Connacht this season to try and balance out the amount of home home defeats that they've had? You know, from, from what you saw today, are you are you happy with sort of how things are in there and that that the they don't seem to be too worried about the defeats as long as they're they're getting their processes right. I don't think it would be fair right to say they're not worried about the defeats. They're worried about the manner of defeats. I don't think mm. they they've they've got too caught up in the the amount of of losses or, or the fact that more are at home than are away. But I do think they have they wouldn't you know it would be I'd be more worried and so would they if they were just you know they weren't worried about the manner of defeats because they've been. It's nobody has blown Connacht away. The only team that blew Connacht away to any degree was Cardiff. And that and that was over there, and that was very disappointing. But it's every game has had moments where Connacht should have 
uh, either, you know, taking their opportunities or they, you know, they were on top. But they've also, all those losses have contained moments where Connacht were very much second best. And they need to work on what they are because each, if you look at all of the defeats, there's no, well, that's a system failure that was in the first game, it was in the second game. They've they've managed to find, I mean, the best teams find interesting ways to win. Connacht, one of my big bugbears is they've always found interesting ways to lose. And all all of the defeats have been different in in the nature of what's happened. They are, they are very much worried about the defeats. But in another way, they're not worried about the number. They are still very much in control of their own destiny. As long as they remain in charge of their own destiny, then I think they're, they, they will, there won't be a sense of panic. But if they keep losing, then we might see a sea change. But at the moment, there is a sense of calm. Good, good. And in that sense of calm, before we talk about the... The game because we don't have obviously we can't go and play last weekend. But before we talk about the Dragons game, there's another little rugby competition starting this weekend. I believe there's an Irish team playing against the Welsh team too. Um, Ireland's head to Cardiff to play against Wales in the first round of the Six Nations. William, this is this is your favourite competition, I believe. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's the best competition in world rugby. Um, it's going to be an odd one this year um, with no fans. It's really only got the final, final go-ahead today. Mm. The French government have changed some of their regulations. They've, they, they seem quite happy now. I still think it'll be quite an achievement to get 15 games played over seven weeks. I, I have a feeling somewhere along the line issues might arise. It's going to be complicated after the second round of games when Welsh players have to go back to their English clubs and Scottish players have to go back to their English clubs or their French clubs. Uh, so they're going to be going. For, there's going to be a lot of bubble movement going on. I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I don't know whether players will be released back to their province. I see Quinn Rue has come back to Connacht today because he's injured, which is very unfortunate for him. Hopefully that's only a short-term thing. Uh, but the fact that he's been released out of the Ireland camp suggests that their medical people feel he has to rehab it away for, from there. Um, they want to keep as few people. Well, actually, they, they've brought in uh, some players. So their view is we want to keep a maximum of 36 players. So you can't have players hanging around to do medicals. Um, I suppose, you know, Italy haven't won a game since 2015. So they're playing France on Saturday to start things off. Uh, France should be too strong in that but Italy often play well in their first game at home uh, and especially against France they they're invariably raise their game for France it's their, it's their derby really yeah, isn't it? it is you've got England, Scotland then Scotland haven't won at Twickenham since 1983 uh, I'll let you a little story actually they've only won three times they won there in 1938 they won there in 1971 and they won there in 1983 the reason I remember the I don't remember the 1938 game I'm not quite that old um, but the 1971 game uh, which they won 16-15 is the first game that I watched on a colour television my first ever rugby match <laughs> colour because I'm old enough to remember black and white um, oh, and too. it was the number 8 forward Peter Brown the Scotland captain who kicked the winning penalty back in the days when forwards often used to take goal kicks and so that's the sort of memories, and that's why I love the Six Nations as it is. Ireland Wales on Sunday, big game for both sides. Whoever loses this is going to be on the back foot so quickly. 
I hope some of the Connick boys are involved. I think Buddy Aki, I hope he gets a start. And obviously, Delan and maybe Dave Heffernan off the bench. Yeah. But yeah, it all starts. And it's, 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 it's why the provinces exist to some extent is to feed into the Irish team. That's what they're there for. That's what the players want. That's the pinnacle. And uh, yeah, it should be a lo- it should be a lot of fun in a very odd way. Absolutely, and and Dave, you you've sort of been to Wales and fairly recently and watched some of their teams play. Are are, are you worried that Wales might be able to get a, a another victory over Ireland in the Arms Park, as I'll call it? You 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 always have to be worried, but I I have the opposite issue to William. I cannot get worked up about the Six Nations anymore. Um, I will definitely, I will be passionate and from about 20 minutes before the game till about half an hour afterwards, but I just can't get worked up about it anymore. I have become deeply disillusioned with the Ireland squad. I have deeply become disillusioned with the whole process by which, as you say, everything feeds into the national team. I have become incredibly disillusioned with the treatment of players by the national setup, and I think, and and the almost condescending nature of certain elements within the RFU towards the provinces in in general, not specifically Connacht. Mm-hmm. There is definitely an issue regarding Connacht, but it's in general as well. I am disillusioned with the fact that the management of the Irish team is more afraid of offending certain ex-internationals and media commentators than is offending provinces and their fans but we're playing Wales herself as well and oh my god I can't we can't lose to Wales she will <laughs> she will make my life a living hell nice we'll, we'll try and get this podcast to the Ireland camp so especially that specific section so they give a little extra bit of motivation to see how they go and and, and William you talked about this being the pinnacle but but really the pinnacle is the Lions is it not um no, I don't, I don't see it as a pinnacle. It's an invitational side. It's very important, and I think it's it's a great battle between Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere with a great history. Um, but it, it only ha- it, it happens every four years. I, I think bringing Australia into it was a mistake. Uh, I think that has lengthened it a bit, and it just doesn't have the same resonance. But maybe that's just because I'm old-fashioned. So they need to make a decision on the Lions tour. It's either happening or it's not happening. If it's in South Africa, it'll probably be in a sort of a bubble in limited venues with no fans or you move it to Australia. It's all, look, anything is possible under COVID. But where it comes back to Pro 14 is, are we going to finish on the 27th of March, which we currently are, or are are we going to play out a full season? I think because there's definitely no fans going to South Africa, they can long finger it a bit more because it really is only going to affect the players who travel, the management and the television companies. Unfortunately, nobody's going down there to support them. And that's that's a real pity. It certainly is. And Dave, you wouldn't would it bother you whether there was fans at a Lions game or not? Because it would bother me because I don't see the point, in all honesty, if, if there are no fans there. Because it's it's as William said, it's it's only happens every four years and the fans make as much it's much like the Six Nations. I'm, I'm 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 not sure whether I'm looking forward to the Six Nations or not because the, the fans are such an important part of it. They bring such colour and such vibrancy to the whole thing. What are what are your thoughts? 
Well, I've even less time for the Lions than I do for the Ireland national team. I'd rather watch the Barbarians. If you're going to have an invitational team, at least make it fun. I think the Lions are... I think they're... I personally think their time is gone. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Unless you were going to do a tour like you had in, in the 70s and 80s of three months, which is just never going to happen again, I don't see the point. I really don't. It's just to provide cash for the cash-strapped unions in the Southern Hemisphere. They need it. I don't think the players need it. I know they would love to. It is, it's basically the all-stars for mm. rugby players of the, of the British Isles. It means that they are considered to be the best in their positions from the four unions. It's the only way it's ever sort of it's ever sort of decided. And that very much comes down to who's picking the side. So that's coming down to Gats again. Mm. Um, and he kind of, what he did on the last tour kind of summed it up to me that this is, you know, I don't think it's the same anymore. I personally think the Lions are outdated. If you're going to have an invitational team, make it the Barbarians where they just turn up a week beforehand and touch wood will be allowed to go for a pint before a match without ending up getting fined and suspended for three months. Um, I think what it's done to this season has been nothing short of catastrophic. There's their mad determination that the Lions should go ahead has torpedoed rugby in four countries. And I said it before and I'll say it again. I don't understand why the Ita- what the Italians get out of the Rainbow Cup. If you are going to do this, why not bring the South, the South African teams up to Europe and keep them in the bubble somewhere like they did with the cricket? Because that was the that was the thing about the test matches in England was that everybody stayed in their bubble for the duration of the series. Mm. Why don't you do that? Send one team to Italy, one team to you know, and have those types of things. You know, it's it's far from ideal, but at least it's something. But ultimately, if this is to if this is all to prepare for a test series for a glorified all-stars team, I'm not buying into it. I have, like I say, I have let I have less skin in the game in this than I do in the Ireland team. But unlike the Ireland team, I can't get up for the Lions during the 80 minutes of a game. I just can't. Well, fairly controversial there from Dave. I'm a huge Lions fan. Haven't been in New Zealand for a Lions tour and, and, and adore the whole concept, but not the way it's being done now. Not this sort of five or six games. I, you know, it has to be 10, eight to 10 games minimum. So is that the, you know, the fans get to tour the country that they're going to see and get to get and the flavour of what I'm not, like I'm, down there. You see, Alan, I'm with you on that one. Because of external forces... Mm-hmm. And the power of the clubs, uh, of the club owners in in, in England, especially, um, it's reduced and reduced and reduced. And effectively, I can see if the Lions go, go Lions going forward will just play six games, three warm up games, and then three three slash four tests. That's it. It's not a tour. It's for money. It's yeah. for the unions. It's it's lost it. It's it's days gone. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you on that front. Okay, let's preview this Dragons game. And William, before we do that, injuries, because obviously injury updates will impact uh, what team we might be able to put out. Yeah, um, Owen Masterson is uh, back fully training and is available. Paddy McAllister, Taylor O'Halloran are sort of training, but won't really be considered from what we're hearing. Stephen Kerrins has picked up uh, a knee injury and is being assessed. Uh, Sean O'Brien and Ben O'Donnell are still working their way back through their HIA return protocols. 
And then the four long-term, uh, Sammy Arnold, who's had surgery on a chest muscle injury, Tom Farrell, who is rehabbing after his knee surgery, Stephen Fitzgerald and on a knee injury and killing Gallagher on a shoulder are still just working through with the with the medical staff. So it's not too bad. There's there's probably the there's 36, 37 players probably are available for selection, which in January is is pretty good. Dave, who who do you expect to see playing this weekend that we haven't seen for a while? I'm assuming Mr. Papa Lee might even start. What do you think? It's it's hard to know. Um, you would ha- you would expect you'd have to make changes because of what happened the last day, but there aren't that many changes to make. Like I say, uh, Abraham, I think the problem with him at the moment is is he doesn't have he, how much time does he have in him physically? Does he have? And are you better using that as impact off the bench, or are you better off with starting with that? So that's an interesting call. In some ways, the team is predictable, but in other ways, it isn't because you, you could make a ton of changes or you could make none whatsoever beyond the Ireland call-ups. Right, right. And William, I'm just looking at the, the stat that Danny threw at me, which, which sort of threw me a little bit, is that the Dragons in their nine matches have only scored 16 tries, whereas Connacht in their 10 have scored uh, 33. So we've lost two of the last three times we've played there, but we did have a big win last year. So are we looking at a possible blowout here? Uh, it's it's possible um, because that tends to be the way Connacht win these away games. Um, the Dragons have only won three games this season. They've they've had a lot of COVID issues. I mean, they're actually playing next weekend. As, well, they're playing next weekend. They're playing the weekend after because they're trying to make up another game. They're very unpredictable. Sometimes they really seem up for games, and other times they don't. I I still I think there's a lot of pressure on Connacht on this game because I think they have to start winning again. Uh, the, another defeat here, and you started to think, well, there's something really wrong with the way you're trying to to, to go and win these matches. Uh, I think it's very good that Jack Carty will be back because I think his game management will be will be huge there, and. They should be going there still reasonably confident because they've been playing well enough. But the real test will come if you get to 70 minutes and it's a three, four point game. Okay, Dave, anyone we should be looking out for in particular on this, this Dragon side that you've made notice that isn't in the Welsh squad? Well, there's always Sam Davis. Um, he's always kind of he's always kind of given us individual problems, but he's He'll be there. There's, you know, there's the use. There, there are the, the the guys who've been there, done that, and have tons of t-shirts. The likes of, like Jamie Roberts, you know, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, it doesn't mean you can necessarily stop him, but you, you know what you get get from him. I've, I've always been impressed by Ash Hewitt. We also have to remember they have Joe Maximew and Conor McGuire who were with us last year, so they have an idea of who we are. But where they are going to, they're they're going to lose the two places where they're very strong, which is the props and the back row they've lost their best guys to the whale squad there if you look at they've only four guys in the squad but that's as much down to the fact that their guys are injured so whilst Wainwright's away Moriarty is injured Leon Brown's away Aaron Jarvis is injured but they do have the likes as we said Sam Davis as we said but also Tavis Noy Roger Williams they've got experience but what I when I saw them over the over Christmas I, I saw them against the Scarlets now Give you some ideas. That Scarlets team was better than the Scarlets team that got nailed at the weekend by Leinster. 
And that Leinster team was very close to the team. We demolished it Christmas. Mm. And the Dragons could have beaten the Scarlets. But I've gone on about how Connacht find interesting ways to lose. Nothing in comparison to the Dragons. The Dragons had so much ball and just did not know what to do with it. Even when the, when the Scarlets went down to 14 men, you never felt the Dragons go. They just lack something. And I think the fact that they've... The, the, your, your, the, your stat, Danny style about the 16 tries, having seen them at Christmas, that didn't surprise me. You, can't, you have to take them seriously. You can't take them as a light touch. You can't take them as... This cannot be seen as a gimme. It isn't. The weird thing is Rodney Parade has not had a match played on it since January the 9th which is really unusual given that it's got both the Dragons and Newport County. So the pitch, relatively speaking, will be, by the standards of Rodney Parade, in good shape. But that is such a relative term. It is indeed, it is indeed. And at the moment, the forecast is for some showers on Friday evening, but it's going to be cold, very cold. So, William, you're expecting a win? Are you expecting you know, a win that four tries in it? I take a win first. I think I think Connacht just need a win. Mm. Four points, get a win. Um, it's a great place to go. Actually, I think they I think they're the best fan base in Wales. Personally, uh, there's not a lot of them, but they make a hell of a lot of noise. And when you're commentating, you're sitting virtually in the middle of them, so they are inclined to sit, turn around in their seat, and give you their opinion of your commentary. Fortunately, I've got my headphones on, so I can't tell what they're telling me. <laughs> it might be very complimentary. Uh, it's, it's just an old-fashioned. Everything about it is old-fashioned. I think the last time we were there, uh, Connacht were essentially training, changing in a shipping container. I'll be disappointed if they don't win this, and I think there will be serious question marks. And I agree with Dave. This isn't a gimme. This, the, you know, all of these Welsh sides, if they get in the mood, uh, can be very difficult, especially at home. But they are a bit blunt. Um, and they haven't won a lot of games, and they have very little to play for other than other than professional pride. Dave, I'm just looking at the table here. At the moment, Connacht are a point ahead of Cardiff and two points ahead of Scarlets, but they have two games in hand, so, and this is one of them. So four points would be great, but five points would just give that extra little bit of comfort, wouldn't it? It would, but that's that get four first. You yeah. get you, you don't get five unless you get four. So worry about the fifth one when you've got the four, the first four. That's my view of the whole thing. Um, we're not, I mean, you can get lucky. You can have, we, you know, it happens to us a couple of times. We have been able to get them done and dusted quite early. But we're not Leinster. We can't pretty much guarantee that before half time against Welsh teams, um, irrespective of whether or not we're playing fetuses out of NACE RFC. Um, yeah, I th- let, let, let's get the win. I mean, it doesn't... It's one of those ones where you, you you have a feeling that don't worry about the performance, worry about the results. But you have a, it's it's strange. But I think a good performance would guarantee the result. I mean, the best performances have been in the best wins, apart possibly from Racing away, when we've really turned up and put in a full 70, 80 minute performance, we've won the game. It's when we've dropped off uh, for 10, 15 minutes, when we started slowly, when we've come out after half time slowly. That's when those have been the games where we've we've not won. It needs to be from minute one through to minute eighty. There can be no dropping off. Um, and yeah, I agree with William. Shane saying he, he didn't like losing. I, you'd worry if players were okay with losing, but 
it has to it has to jar. And I think that the, what he said before that was even more important, which was it doesn't really matter the the positives you you know all the the the, the pats on the backs and the moral victories and the, you performed well and you've got a lot of good things to take out of it. Ultimately, you've lost, and mm. that's why he hates losing. As you know, that that's one of the good things about the fact he hates losing. He doesn't care if it's been a 90% great performance, but that last 10% mean you didn't win. He wants to win. And I think I'll take a before, you know, I'd, I'd take a bad performance and a three nil penalty win in the ninth, in the 80th minute over a great performance like we saw with Racing, but ultimately you come out without the win. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side. Until 